25 years ago, people started asking this advice uh, of me, and I thought, man, I have so much wisdom I can share on these practical advice that I'm going to really change people's lives. I found that it changed nobody's life. Ah, yeah. So because it really was the spiritual, right? Yeah. That I can give a good answer. them practical advice, and they can't do it because the heart isn't right. The United States is often called the richest country in the world. Often, as believers, we feel guilty about having money or having nice things. But should we? Money is a resource that God chooses to give us, as well as a blessing. If that's the case, should we feel guilty about owning a nice house or car? Today, Jim Palumbo and Gary Wilkerson discuss the answers and how we can have wisdom with our money. Before we join them, though, we want you to know about the Arise Crusade with Gary Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz in California this October. Arise is an evangelistic outreach and a powerful way to be encouraged in your walk with God. Find more at arisecrusade.com. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. And uh, Gary, we're going to talk about a topic today that uh, everybody thinks about, everybody talks about, and that's money. And I'm sure we have some people out there listening and watching and say, what are you talking about money for? And I guess the, the point is, the Bible talks about money. I think I read over 2,300 verses on money are in the Bible. If it's in the Bible that many times, we probably ought to be talking about it too, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Have you ever met any Christians that have uh, guilt and or shame at occupying in the financial realm uh, and, and seeing that as like, oh, you're just seeking mammon. Uh, you're just, you know, you're. So, do you ever meet Christians that live out of a sense of guilt? If I spend too much time, energy on thinking about money or making money, that I must not be living for Jesus. Absolutely. And what do you say to them? Um, and I'm glad you asked the question. So, I believe that the philosophies that represent that thinking. So, there's a philosophy of uh, old Pentecostal holiness or whatever puritanical. Uh, religious view of wealth, prosperity, material goods uh, as being bad. And then you have the more modern sort of psychotic uh, (laughs) view that the whole purpose of the Bible and and your relationship with God is to make you wealthy. I reject both of those philosophies. I believe they're incorrect because I believe the Bible is transcendent. It's a third but transcendent perspective on material goods Hmm. and that these, uh, all the things in this world belong to God, and we are stewards. It's never talked about. We're stewards of the things that are here on this earth. The reason that most people are poor is because they're poor stewards. They never learned how to occupy their talent, right? That, that little thing that God gave them, they never did it well, and they didn't get more. And they just stayed right in that spot, being sloppy, uh, being irresponsible, being uh, ignoring it or being puritanical and thinking it was evil, uh, or striving after it out of covetousness. But if you reject all of that and look around, look out the window here, all of this belongs to our Father. And he has said, Gary, Jim, Bob, take care of it. You're you're in charge. Do a good job. And and the minute we mess it up, then we don't get more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I came from the puritanical uh, point of view. I don't know, did you too, or? Uh, a little both, right? What about, what about you, Bob? Were you more, were you more the prosperity uh, no, family? More, or? No, more on the previous, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think most of us in the evangelical world were brought up in that. And so for me, it, 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 uh, it, I lost a lot of joy in life because, uh, an example, um, uh, I was in a car accident two years ago. Insurance gave us some money so we could buy a new car. Um, 
my wife wanted to buy kind of a nice one that has a nice name brand. And my mind went to, you know, Gary Wilkerson, head of, you know, Dave Wilkerson's son, head of World Challenge, can't drive a car with that symbol on the front of it. Uh, because it'd be, even though it was the same price as the other one, but it was the name of it, uh, but it was a better quality and a better deal. It was an older car. And see, I even had to say that. So the, the listeners <laughs> You're apologizing think, still. <laughs> yeah, it's still apologizing. Yeah, and so, you know, you, we've got that puritanical mindset yeah. that material goods are bad for you, and if you're doing it, you're, you know, and that, and, the, and then my mindset goes to is like, okay, that car could have fed, you know, a thousand children or something like that, you know, and so it's it's hard to live that way, though, because you're always like, like in guilt and condemnation and shame, and then on the other hand, as you said, I don't want to live the other way, though, too, like um, make as much as I can and be proud of it and, you know, tell everybody that's, uh, look at this mansion I'm living in. That shows how much I'm following God, you know, because he's honoring me with this big ha- house or this big car. So I don't want to live that way either. You're talking about a third way here. Can you define that a little bit more, like this this, this, this way that you're not living as a, uh, an intentional pauper to try to please God, but you're not living as an, a hyper-prosperity movement that is all about money. So what's this third well, I'd like to tell a story, so I'll try not to forget to tell that. But, but okay. let me address the first part of the question, which is yeah. sort of theological. Okay. A- and it, it's basically, if we go back to stewardship, that a good steward should ultimately be a Joseph, commanding millions, billions of dollars if he's a good steward. Because this is what God has given him to do. He was faithful with little and God made him faithful with much. This is scriptural. This is what, you know, we talk about the teachings of Jesus, and everybody says, oh, it's just prayer and sort of spiritual meditation. No, it's not. It's these real things about faithfulness, about, you know, think about the Beatitudes, you know. Think about the commands of Jesus, how radical it was to love others more than yourself, to put others before you. This was radical thinking in his time, all right? If you live your life with that kind of radical generosity and love, that makes you a good steward. And then God's going to give you more. And as your good steward, you can have more and more wealth. What you do with it determines the next level, right? And it's impossible to hide covetousness and greed. The moment you start exercising it, God finds you out and he caps you, right? <laughs> uh, and you've got to learn the lesson or you don't keep moving. And as soon as you put your eyes on, well, I want to have more money, so I'll try to pretend to God that I'm not covetous. God knows your heart. He knows yeah. you're being covetous. It's like you've heard this before. You know, God gives you something and you hold it in your hand, but you hold it lightly. You don't, you don't grasp it, so you let go. Let me ask you a question about that. Uh, you know, the heart is very deceitful, <laughs> and you can, it can talk us into all kinds of things. Any advice on knowing where your heart really is when it comes to some of those big purchases? What, what should you ask yourself to, to know where your heart's really at? So, so, so there's two sides to that coin, too, so I'll answer it two ways. Number one is the practical, which is um, if you have to go in debt for it and if you have to uh, spend more than you have, then it's a bad idea, yeah. right? So, so always live principally live modestly, live below your means, not above your means, all right? So the practical side is to make those decisions. Don't buy things you can't afford. Don't go too much into debt, et cetera. Uh, the flip side of that is, is Paul, you know, uh, herewith I am content, you know, to just simply be content. Um, why do we buy new cars? Uh, sometimes we buy it because it breaks down. Sometimes we buy it just because we want what that other person has. And I think the one thing that's never, ever, ever preached on. If I've heard one sermon in 40 years on covetousness, that's probably a lot. 
and maybe it was mm-hmm. your dad that you know. <laughs> then, uh, you know, it's just not talked about, and it's one of the ten, right. ten commandments. So people don't really know how to recognize covetousness. You know, we talk about other other mistakes I've made with money, right? So God bless me, I had a new car. Um, and I remember, I, I don't mind naming the brand. It was a Cadillac okay. Seville, bright red. Oh. Man, it was look. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord really blessed me. I need, and it really was. The other car died, needed a new car. And it was like some kind of lease deal, zero interest. It was one of those extraordinary things. It was 230 bucks a month. And I was like, wow, what a blessing. I have this killer luxury car for 200 and some bucks a month uh, on a lease. It was terrific. Well, I wasn't happy with that, right? So a year later, I'm looking, I see this guy. He's got a Porsche Boxster convertible. <laughs> thinking that Porsche Boxster is just killer man I gotta have and I went and bought one and what a pain in the neck it was it just it always was breaking down and rocks going through the windows it was just it just wasn't right it was so clear to me that I got that Porsche Boxster convertible out of pure covetousness there was no no practical reason whatsoever for doing it so you know when we say the people listening just there are some easy ones like that. You know, if you're tempted to get the, the Porsche Boxster convertible, it, it could be covetousness, especially if you have six kids. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little hard, though, Jim uh, and Bob, when you come from that puritanical background where material goods are worldly, and, and then the biblical teaching that's helping you make a decision. Normally I hear is like if you have peace about it. So buy that car if you have a peace about it. You pray, and then if you have a peace, then then that's the Lord leading you. Coming from that puritanical background, I don't have a peace about anything when it comes to buying. No, my wife does. So you go like, yeah, let's buy it. You just, you know you deserve it, and we got the money in the bank. Is is peace the? Is there any other way? Can you help me? Because peace is not going to do it for me. Is there exactly. any other way? Uh, so, but I think I hear you saying like you know good stewardship. Like, is it wise? Is it uh, you know like are you know is that car going to put you in debt or is it going to be within your means to make the monthly payment or whatever? Is that stewardship? Is, uh, do you think of peace when you're making financial decisions? No. You don't? Wow. So uh, That's let's rare, take though, the, right? That's pretty rare. I think it is. Out, outside of Pentecostal circles, maybe, okay. and, and charismatic okay. circles, maybe not. Okay. So, so let's take the other side of the Puritans' uh, teachings, right? right. So, so they were very austere, but the other thing that they said is this. They said that, with no extraordinary revelation from God, no word from heaven, no sense of go to the left or go to the right, you can live your life perfectly before God with what's in the scripture. All right? So the word of God is a guide to us mm-hmm. how to live our lives. And I can tell you what color of car to buy, but there are lots of principles for us to rely on yeah. when making a decision. Let's say about a purchase, right? Start with Paul. Um, you know, whatever state I find myself here with to be content. So first of all, are you content with what you have and is it fine? Follow Paul's principle. Yes, my car works. The house is fine. Let it go. Just give up. Just let go of all this stuff. Like I need a better house. I need a better car. Just let it go. Don't think about materialism. This is the time to be spiritual. Think about your kids. Think about your family. Think about your church. Think about the poor. If the house is fine, the car is fine, just leave it go. Mm-hmm. Just just don't obsess about the things of this world. Yeah. That's a principle that's taught to us in the Word of God. We don't need extraordinary spiritual revelation to know that. The next thing, Bible teaches us not to be a debtor. Do I have to go in debt to do this? If the old car is fine, I have to go in debt to get the new car? Don't do it. The Bible tells, literally tells you not to get that car because it says don't go into debt and to be content with the one that you have. 
Uh, and you could just go on and on. There are so many principles like that in the Bible. I'm just picking a couple of them uh, that are great examples. So we can live by the word of God without fear of making a mistake because we don't have a spiritual leading mm. piece or check or some other thing. Word of God is enough. Let's talk about some other principles that you mentioned in your book. Uh, investments. What, what are principles regarding investment of our money? That, that's a hard uh, gear shift. Um, <laughs> so That boxer should be able to handle it. <laughs> um, so when we talk about investments, the, the first thing is yes, right? That's the first thing that we have to say about yes, invest. investment. Yes, okay. right, to invest. That uh, saving and investing. How many examples in the Bible, right, starting with the parable we talked about of the talents, right? The guy that buried it and didn't do well with it, with what he had, uh, was punished. It literally, not just like, okay, you weren't rewarded, was actually chastised for not doing good with what he had. So the first answer to the question is yes, that every Christian should be saving and investing for the future and should be doing their very best in principle to make it grow. doesn't mean you have to take extraordinary risk. It doesn't mean you have to make unwise decisions. Uh, and, and there are biblical principles around that too. But, uh, but, but everybody should be doing that. So... Uh, for the people that are listening, that might represent 50, 60, 70, 80 percent of the people listening just to get a start, right? It's important to just get a start on these types of things. But more, uh, just keeping on the theme of practical. So let's let's um, draw a scenario. There's a uh, there's a husband, father. He makes let's say sixty thousand dollars a year. He comes to you and says, "I have no savings. I'm a little bit in debt." Um, do you have some recommendations to help me be a good steward? Would, uh, in a real practical sense, what what would you say? Would you have them buy a little bit of of a mutual fund, or uh, how much how much percentage would you ask them to save? Uh, you know, do you mind going in a little bit detail on that? Uh, if you'll indulge me, the preamble. So, uh-huh. uh, twenty five years ago, people started asking this advice uh, of me, and I thought, man, I have so much wisdom I can share on these practical advice that I'm going to really change people's lives. I found that it changed nobody's life uh, yeah, so because it really externals. was the spiritual, right? Yeah. That I can give good them practical advice and they can't do it because the heart isn't right. Yeah. So, so my preamble will just be, yes, they got to kind of deal with what we're talking about first, faith, family, fitness, and yeah. then the finance comes automatic. But so now to the point uh, of the practical. Me, so me, pr- hold on that thought about the practical, but let me just echo what you just said there because I talk a lot about this sort of like from the pastor's point of view in the in the counseling office, 40 years of pastoring people, you know, people that come in the office that are in financial problems. It's it's really not the finances. It's something else. Right. You know, and, and so you got to get to that. One hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so I have to and you do as well. You have to get to that. Say, OK, well, what what's driving those spending habits? Um, uh, and, the, and again, I go to the to the sole issues of uh, if you feel like you're not enough, if you feel um, you you uh, aren't uh, big and brash and bold enough. You're going to go out and spend to try to prove that you are, and you'll make some bad de- out of that out of that soul wound. You'll make you'll always make bad decisions. And so I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to 
to uh, confirm. I think uh, my experience You're, would say exactly the same thing. 100% of people, uh, I wouldn't say 100 to be honest with you, that's because <laughs> occasionally you get the person, you know, the single mom yeah. with you know five kids and their husband abandoned them and they're uh, you know and so and she's in debt. You know, so I wouldn't say like, well, you have soul issues. <laughs> you know, I think you have you 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 know. Uh, but even then, you know, you, there's some ways of getting help. But yeah, I'm I'm rambling on. No, it's okay. So poverty, you're right. Poverty is an exception. Number one. Yeah. Uh, and, and what's funny is this podcast could be listened to all around the world. In American society, true poverty is not that common, right? right? That, that people can find a way out of their circumstances um, in, in a relatively short order. That, that widow is going to face difficulty, yes, indeed, and, and we should be there you know, mm-hmm. for them. Uh, but if we're talking to somebody in another country, uh, the further from here you go east, uh, that may be true, that those circumstances are truly what's responsible for their situation and not covetousness, yeah. right? Um, so so we acknowledge that. So we're talking uh, very much here, this type of conversation to the, the Western culture mm-hmm. uh, person that, um, you know, mass affluent, middle class, that's, you know, working through these issues. Um, so that's the first thing. The, the next is why did you were talking about um, linking self-worth with materialism and money. And and I think that is a very good link. Think about how God wrote the commandment. Covet not thy neighbor's uh, horse or wife or house or whatever. Because what he's saying is that self-worth is connected with the pecking order, Mm -hmm. right? You live in this village, you live in this town, you live in this neighborhood, you live in this community, and you look around and they're doing better than you. Mm -hmm. And what does that, you you feel less as a person because you see somebody doing better than you and therefore you need to feel like you have to move up the pecking order. That's why you need the house, that's why you need the car, that's why you need to, you know, the clothes, the jewelry, whatever it is, is to find your place in the pecking yeah, order. Right. Nobody wants to be at the right. bottom of the pecking order. Right. right? And, Bob, and Bob and I have talked that, about that before, where the you know the external, the sin is the fruit, but there's a root. Uh, you know, you're talking about self-worth, the root of the, 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 the healing need inside. The fruit is you're, you're being covetous. Uh, so the answer to covetousness is not don't be covetous. I mean, that's, that's what the Bible says, but there's power in the gospel that gives you that. And so it's not just like... Again, I call it bootstrapping it like, oh, I'm not going to cover it. I'm going to close my eyes. It's it's getting that uh, contentment inside of you so that once I'm content, it's like I see they're, they have a different car than I have. It's like, well, I'm already content with, as you said, being content with my car. It runs good and gets me to work. There's a contentment, a peace about it. So I don't need I don't need to covet then. Whereas if the if 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 there's that. Um, Lack of of understanding worth, as you're calling it, and I agree with that. Then, then it's almost impossible not to covet. And so you're dealing with covetousness as an issue, <laughs> but then you're dealing with worth as an issue. Inescapable. So, and so the two the two have to be dealt with. And who would have thought we'd be you know inviting you to come here and talk about finances? And we're talking about self worth, but they really I love what you're saying. Hundred percent so, connected. So linked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Bob. Uh, rightly brought up the topic of origin, purpose, and meaning earlier. And so self-worth is connected to those things. So origin, right? The imago dei, the image of God. We are created by God in his image. And we, therefore, by the sheer um, fact of our existence, we have inestimable worth. 
because we're created in God's image. Amen. So before we're even redeemed, we have value as humans because God made us, created Amen. us for a purpose. Once redeemed, all right, now the purpose, God has a purpose for your life, and he's expressing that. And what the reason that people are often not content, Gary, is that they don't realize that right where they are today, so whoever's listening, wherever you are, you've got some bills, you're making X number of dollars a year, you are precisely where God wants you today because you're there. Mm. God loves you. He has his hand on you. He has been directing your steps every day of your life, and you are where you are because he wants you there. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He has extraordinary and beautiful things for you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Yeah. But be content in the today. Right. And uh, keep you know, you keep digging deeper. Okay, don't covet. All right, why am I coveting? Because I'm not content. Oh, okay, don't be content then. Well, how do you be content? There's something even under that. Uh, and asking ourselves the question, why am I discontented? What What is driving this discontent? It, 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 and it goes again to, to the worth. So you think, like, why Why don't I feel worthy? It's like, well, I don't believe exactly what you, you just know. You, the lack of worth is exactly not believing what you just said, that you are created in God's image, that you have value. And uh, I always say this is that it's, it, you know, it's, it's one thing to believe God loves you, but it's another thing to accept yourself and have compassion and tenderness, have the same kind of mercy you'd have on yourself as you have to others. And so you would, most people that are even in debt and struggling financially would say somebody else in debt and financially struggling are, they're, they're, they're valuable human beings that God loves. But if they ask about, am I that? No, I'm so guilty. I'm so much shame. I spent poorly. And so the, the debt that you created by not being content actually makes you more discontented and then more like anxious and needing to get more money to do that. So it's a vicious cycle that you have to, you have to, um, I, I actually call it a detox. There, there are things in my life that are off kilter from the values that I have. And so I have to, I don't do the, sometimes I do a 10 day detox on food when I start eat, returning to, to poor values of eating poorly. I'm not living my values. Uh, healthy living creates a, a, a powerful energy and engine in me to be able to do what God's called me to do. So I'm off value, so I have to change the values. And so I think people have to not get stuck in the cycle and, and change their values and saying like, I value contentment, but how am I gonna find it? And Man, that's so so powerful. I, you know, I would have thought you would have come here and said, like, you know, invest in this, and here's a good stock. And and when we first started talking, I was a little bit like, hey, Jim, can you give us a little more tips about helping the listener finance? But I think you're really onto something. I'm so glad you kept the conversation towards as Jesus did towards the heart issue. And at first, I was a little bit like, Jim, you're just talking about Jesus and the heart. And now, after this conversation, I'm going like, oh, you have really helped people because if they get those two things, and this is what you're saying, right? If they get Jesus right and their own heart right, then these things will kind of, you know, you'll start having wisdom. Contentment breeds wisdom. You can start making some wise decisions. You'll probably pick up a good book or something or, you know, go to a, a financial advisor like the company you have and, and be able to get that kind of wisdom. So, but you at, at those places, the, the financial book about how to invest or how to save or how to stay out of debt or the financial advisor that you might go visit, they're not gonna tell you about your heart issues. Out of, out of the heart springs the issues of life. Finances is one of those issues. So I'm really glad you're talking about the heart issues. And it becomes the 80-20 rule. You know, you can tell What's that? What's the, the practice. Uh, 
So the 80-20 rule, it, it, I guess, isn't self-evident. So oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, for, for every uh, 100 people that you talk to, only 20 are going to take the good advice. The 80 are, con- are c- going to continue in the error of their ways, um, and, and the 20 will get it. Gotcha. So 80-20 rule is that um, I can give the practical tips. I can tell you exactly what investment to buy, don't buy, and and what quantities for your age and all of those things. It's useless information to the unredeemed heart, right? You have to get these things in order. Um, So if if we're talking about the entrepreneur, uh, majority 80-20 rule, so 80% 80 of the businesses fail when people start them. Mm. Why do they fail? Uh, Other than really horrible business ideas, they mostly fail because of the lack of character in the individual give you a great example uh, not far from here there was a coffee shop and I would pass by it uh, every day in the morning and then in the afternoon coming back so I'd go in the afternoon coming back picking up the kids place was packed so it's obviously good coffee and good snacks or whatever else they had in there but in the morning I'd drive by at you know six something in the morning the place was closed and so I laughed to myself <laughs> thinking you know this yeah. is some person who had a great idea for business obviously great because people pack it in the afternoon but didn't have the depth of character to wake up in the morning and open the place up so they could serve coffee to the people in the morning. So that's a very simple illustration that businesses fail. Your efforts today, people who are listening, you're frustrated by your efforts because you say, I'm trying with money. But those efforts are frustrated because of the character, because of the absence of some things here in your life. And when those things get right, they're expressed in making good decisions, right? From, from that depth of character that Jesus is working in us, we make the right decisions. And to that man or that woman, you can't escape wealth. It will follow you. guess we could let Timothy wrap it up with, godliness with contentment is great gain. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Good yeah. Stuff, yeah. As Christians, we are called to live lives of integrity, good stewardship, and gratitude. If God has blessed us with wealth in this world, then he's done so for a good reason. And we're called to seek him first and be wise with the resources that we've been given. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast to hear about how you can grow closer to God in every aspect of life. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.